Episode 308, The Rant, Ray Downs, Certified Basketball Official, Educator, Loving Nature, and Family. It was just a year ago when Ray, the basketball official, did some of the most meaningful basketball games in the city. A year into the pandemic, he has gained perspective. In this pod, we discuss his early life playing sports, his pursuits playing multiple sports, including baseball at a high level, how he discovered officiating, and how he spent time during the pandemic with his family and making his new brand, Nature Boys NY. All that and more, my conversation with Ray, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest by way of Pelham, New York, somewhere, nowhere near where I live. Um, hopefully he's staying safe, socially distant. But uh, we've been trying to do this back and forth for a couple of days now. But finally got my man on here. Collegiate basketball official on the men's side, also somebody that is well-known and well-respected in the, uh, the AA circuit in the uh, CHSAA in New York City, as well as an educator all the way up in Washington Heights in Manhattan, um, and also just somebody that I found out uh, has a, a knack for having different types of reptiles, which is something that is new to me. But uh, my man, Ray Downs, how are you, my friend? Very good, buddy. I want to say thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. I'm definitely a definitely a listener, so I was, uh, it's an honor to be on tonight. Yeah, when when people say that, I'm always like, okay, so this is probably like the first time at length that you spoke to me, but you probably know so much about me just from me yapping and yapping and yapping and yapping and being on the show all the time. <laughs> hey, when I spoke to you the other day, I told you I was listening to that episode. You know, we made a couple references. Yeah, just, that's how it works. Yeah, that's that's really awesome, I mean, I'm happy and excited to to get you on the show. And, and I'll just tell you this, just from all of my friends that, uh, that have been refing in the city, man, I, I'll just t- talk about a couple of times when I did see Ray in the locker room. Specifically, I remember, I think it was either two seasons ago or one season ago, we were both doing opposite middle school games at Horace Mann. And I just remember you were leaving and I was, I was staying. I was like, Oh, you got this, you got this game too. And it was like, a, like a thank you, right. It's, it's one of those uh, gimme games. You, you were so jovial after the game, right? And and some people could look at that as like, oh, I don't want to do that game. But it's like, it's it's a fun game, right? <laughs> it, it harkens me back. And then 
most notably, I remember last time around, right before the pandemic, I saw you at St. Ray's. John Letcher was in the in the locker room and you were coming out and I was coming in with Jared. And I always say, I remember I was telling to Jared, I was like, man, doesn't doesn't he look so mean? And he's like, he's not mean. And you know what? Jared has <laughs> that. Nice guy, I know, man. I agree. And I, and you know, Jared kind of has the same rap, you know what I mean? So when we go to long Island, he always has this off putting face that you can't tell if he's a good person or not. But then once you get to know him, you're like, why do you got to make that face to everyone? But, uh, <laughs> put that look on man when you step on that court when you put those stripes on you gotta have that you gotta have that look on you know yeah. that yeah well I'll, i will say that you you definitely have a poker face when you're ref and you're you're one of the cool calm collective referees that i've seen very even keeled and that's that's always a mark of a, a great official but nonetheless i'm i'm excited and, and welcome to the show man thank you man i appreciate it i really do um yeah i, I try i try my best out there I, I, you know i definitely give it my all and you know, just, I'm happy that at the at the end of the day, the coaches, you know, you know, the coaches are happy, and that's that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, the the work definitely shows. Obviously, we're in a different situation. Most notably, I, I did want to hear about your experience just being in the in the DOE right now, as it stands. We're taping this on February 9th, two thousand twenty-one. Still deeply entrenched in the pandemic. And, you know, we were talking about off air of, of do we think that if New York city basketball is going to come and I, I have my own thoughts. I think that it's, it's a, it's a big logistical headache. I mean, they're having a tough time getting kids into schools as it is, right. It's different rules for high school, public school. I don't know what's going on with elementary school, but you know, the heart of the matter is at this moment in time, we, we would be gearing up for our playoff season. Uh, we would be thinking about the next stages of States and federations, but we didn't have any of that. And, it, you know, it's just a weird time because even last year, right, we, we didn't really have the states and federation beats and we're supposed to be at Fordham University. And, you know, it's been a year. And I think about my life in terms of refereeing of how much refing I would have done by now. And, you know, the beats, right? Excited in October, November, you start getting in full swing. December, December, you're really into it. January is the dog days. Now, February is a little bit more serious. And then March is when you get all those uh, crazy playoff assignments. We would be deeply entrenched in those those games. But, um, you know, going back there, first of all, I want to ask, how's your family holding up with the coronavirus? How are you holding up? And, you know, going back to those early moments in March about a year ago around this time, when was the moment that you took all of this really serious? You know what? It's uh, it's it's been the beginning of it was tough for um, for our family. My wife lost her grandmother, so that was definitely difficult for us. And that's kind of you know when I guess we said to ourselves, "This is you know this is a serious thing." And then unfortunately, you know you, you're watching the news, you, you you're seeing what's going on, you're hearing about what's going on, and you're reading the newspapers. And it's just a terrible thing, man. You know, I mean, who would have ever thought that, that we would be where we are today? Um, like you had mentioned, I remember my last game, I did the the, um, the New York City Catholic High School. I did the A championship, mm-hmm. which was which is usually the first championship before the double A. I did it on Friday, and I think the Saturday was supposed to be the semis of, you know, of the double A. And Friday night, we did the game, and then after the game, we kind of got word in the locker room that everything was going to be shutting down after that, like legitimately shut down. So it's just, it's just sad, man. It's sad. I mean, I've been repping for maybe 11 years, if you, you know, if you include the CYO, you know, when I first got started, and I can't even remember, uh, you know, having a season without, you know, without basketball. So, I mean, 
like I mentioned, we lost my wife's grandmother. But besides that, you know, my, my immediate family's holding up. It's definitely difficult. You got a young family right now. I got two young kids. And I can tell you right now that uh, this pandemic and a young family do not go well together. <laughs> um, it's just difficult, man. You know, you got to be creative. You got to make the best of it. So, but, you know, we're trying to stay as positive as possible. And just hanging in there, waiting for the uh, for the nice weather to come around. Yeah, listen, I know all about that creativity. I remember one time I was driving around uh, the city, and I think the teacher was saying because my son was going remote in the back of my car, and he's he's like, "Oh, look, there's the uh, there's one financial," and I'm like, "Bro, you can't tell him that you're you're, you're riding around dirty right now." And you know, I was I was even thinking about installing a green screen in the back of my car, but you know, I I really understand. Uh, what it means to to just have a young family and, and just try to get creative with these things. Now, with the Department of Education, I mean, everything has just been just confusing to me, just like within the positivity rate, de Blasio going down and then middle school preemptive and then, you know, high school only getting back and then it's going to be delayed. And then we don't know what's going to happen with the PSAL. It's a mess, man. Yeah. It, it's a mess. It, it really is. You know, how was um in the beginning of the pandemic? I know that everyone kind of went remote and people weren't really knowing what to do. I never even remember that when my son was finishing school, um, I felt like I was his teacher, right? So luckily I'm, I'm a person that already kind of teaches. So it was an easy transition for me. Now that might've been way more difficult for somebody that's like a single mom and that's, you know, trying to make ends meet. And now is also being the caretaker because, you know, uh, like to be told, a lot of those people in the city, you know, they use that for babysitting. Right. And that's the time where they count on to be able to go to work right. and for the kids to go to school. So what was the pandemic like in the beginning, at least at the end of your school season? Uh, I'm sorry, school year uh, last year. It, it was scary. I mean, you know, you got to figure school got school got canceled. We went all remote. It was scary, and I'm going to tell you why. We just went from hearing about some things to all of a sudden watching a press conference on a Sunday night in March and them telling us we're going remote for the rest of the school mm. year. And, you know, I've been in education for 13 or 14 years. It's the first time something like this ever happened. And that was another turning point for me. That's when I realized how serious this COVID-19 thing really was, you know. It, it, it was a scary moment, especially considering, you know, I'm an educator. My wife is an educator as well. Both of us work, you know, for the uh, for the city. So it, it was definitely 100% difficult time. And just to, you know, reference what you mentioned about being like a single mom, I could only imagine what some people have to go through because you got schools that are going – in school for two days, then they're going remote for three days. I can only imagine logistically the planning, the babysitter, who's watching, who's yeah. dropping off. I, I mean, you know, it, it's such a sad situation with what's been going on. It, it, it really is. And I really, uh, you know, I don't think it was handled well. I, I really don't. So I, I'm so, I, I just, I can't wait until we get back to some normalcy. I'm really hoping when we go back in February, we're supposed to be going back February 1st, uh, excuse me, the week of February 25th. I I'm hoping there's some normalcy, but we'll see what happens. I'm a positive person. I want to stay positive about it. You know, I want to get back to being normal. But in my personal opinion, I don't think we're going to see signs of, uh, of normalcy like we're used to until September 
when we go back for the school year of, uh, you know, 2021, 2022, I think we're going to start to see some, some normalcy, yeah. to be honest with you. Well, listen, I'll even flip what you're saying. I think about my normalcy of my day-to-day life and, you know, it does a whole bunch of things, um, making art about refing, but not necessarily refing. So, you know, we, we talked off air about how my season is starting here in the Catholic League in Long Island. And, you know, Jared just texted me. He told me, what, what should I put in my ref bag? And I'm like, I don't know. You're the one that has a game before me. You tell me what it was supposed to bring because we don't know how these protocols are going to go. But, you know, going back to what, I, what I'm originally trying to say is that, you know, my life is revolved around my family and making this podcast and, and running a website. And, you know, I don't even know now that I think about it, when did I have time to make this website or a podcast or have time with my family? Because I was so used to just grinding and refereeing all the time. And to me, that's like a very pivotal mindset shift of just from the past year of experiencing these things. Now, you know, I even think about the summer where I was able to go to the beach a lot. And I know that you were doing nature oriented things with your family and, and, and hanging out with your kids. Now, what is it going to look like when everything does go to normal? Do you think that you're going to take a little backseat into refing, or do you think you're going to just balance it a little bit better next time around? That's a great question. So first of all, I could tell you um, one positive thing I could take out of this pandemic is I feel like we don't appreciate um, our family enough. Uh, I feel like we don't appreciate doing family things enough. And, you know, unfortunately with, with some people passing away, um, you realize just how important um, life really is. Mm. So I, I definitely appreciate family, you know, family-oriented things, doing activities, events, vacations, fishing. I definitely appreciate that more, and I can tell you I'm going to do more of it. So as far as my, you know, my basketball career, I'm going to go hard with the with the collegiate stuff. I like where I'm at right now. You know, I think I'm in a good place. I'm still working hard, trying to get better going to be going to some camps so but you know what i you know what ralph to be honest with you i think i'm gonna i, I won't be taking as many little kids games you know maybe won't be doing as many cyo because like i had mentioned before man you know life is just so short and i feel like we don't appreciate our family time enough so it's something like i said i i could take anything positive out of this pandemic i, I feel like we don't realize how valuable life really is and I'm definitely going to be trying to do some more family stuff, to be honest with you. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I hope everyone's doing the same and still stay staying safe, socially distanced, uh, imploring to wash your hands, everything that we need to do that we can control ourselves to get us out of there. Aside from having more of a stronger bond with your family, what else do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of pause? I realized how much I'm, I miss refereeing basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, another thing that I had to get creative with was uh, trying to stay in shape, man. You know, I didn't realize how, how how much of an effect basketball, I mean, I guess, you know, listen, let's be honest, we work a lot of games. You know, whether it's college, high school, you know, when you got time, trying to make some side money, working the little kids' games, PYO, but it really keeps you in shape. So I had to sort of challenge myself during this pandemic, and, and I really started uh, started taking up cardio. I started running outside. And, you know, uh, I'm a bigger guy. I'm like 225. So, you know, uh, I'm not your typical runner, to be honest with you. But uh, I challenged myself, and uh, I actually took a liking to it, and, and I'm happy I did. I'm, I'm doing five miles every other day now. 
I, I really, like I said, I took a liking to it. And I really like, you know, I like the way it makes me feel. And I like the way it sort of keeps me in shape. So, you know, I, I definitely took a liking to, you know, I challenged myself to stay in shape during this whole pandemic thing. Because, you know, when you put those stripes on, man, you got to look good. Yep. So, you know, that's something that uh, I was happy about. That's good that you picked up running. I used to run all the time, but I've been doing other alternative things like rowing machine, uh, jump roping. I'm just trying to find alternative methods because like for me, I used to run cross country and I just (laughs) have been an eternal runner all my life. But obviously you have an affinity towards sports. We both officiate the game of basketball. So somewhere deep inside, you must have had this love of sports. And having said that, where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school and in college? Well, I was your typical jock. I played football, basketball, and baseball. And uh, growing up, and in high school, football, basketball, baseball. Basically, in high school, I was being recruited. I was being recruited for excuse me for baseball and for football. So my junior and senior year, I dropped basketball because I needed a season to sort of you know get in shape, get get my thoughts together, get my things together. Then I actually decided to play baseball in college. I had some Division One scholarship offers for football. I had some D1 offers for baseball. I had thought I would get drafted in high school. I played for Iona Prep. We had a great team over there. Had a great year. Had one of my teammates drafted. Just had an excellent, excellent um, high school career playing baseball. I didn't get drafted, so I gave it a shot, and I went to junior college. Uh, I went to Briarcliff Junior College in Long Island. Had a great experience there. We were 18 years old. We made it to the uh, Junior College World Series out in Grand Junction, Colorado. We finished, like, in third place out of about 10 teams. Had a great experience. It was awesome. Had a great time. And then I uh, got a scholarship to play baseball at St. John's University, which was another great time. I was captain my senior year. You know, I, I have no complaints, man. I, I love sports. I, I grew up playing sports. Sports have taken me literally all over this world. So for that, I'm, I'm just forever grateful. And still to this day, I wake up and do something sports-related every single day. So, you know, for that, I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'll forever be grateful to sports, you know. So I'm not surprised that you played baseball and football and you dropped basketball, but it's it's so interesting to hear all of these things. But uh, before I get into that, I, I did want to ask you from all of your experiences playing all three of these sports at this particular time, especially when you were playing in Iona Prep and then moving on to the collegiate level, what has your perception of officials been uh, during your time of play- being an athlete? <laughs> That's a great question. So, you know, when I was an athlete, especially at Iona Prep, you know, I feel like that Catholic league teaches you uh, about discipline, mm-hmm. about respect. Yep. So I got to be honest with you. You know, we were always taught to respect the officials no matter what and, and let the coaches handle the officials. That that was sort of, you know, what we were always kind of taught to do. So, I, you know, I always, I always took that to heart. So I never really had, you know, any really negative experiences with officials. I never really got thrown out of games, you know, stuff like that, because we were always taught, you know, respect the officials, keep your mouth closed, and let the coaches do the talking. And, you know, so that's what we did. So interesting. So just, and I have a similar experience. I went to Kellenberg 
Memorial High School. I played uh, cross country, okay. volleyball, and basketball, and I would always get two quick fouls. And I'm like, bro, I, I wish I could yell. Like, I can't even yell because my coach <laughs> is going to bury me at the bottom of the bench even more than I'm already buried. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I did want to ask you, so then how did you get the bug of refereeing and refereeing basketball out of all the things, especially considering that you dropped that sport first to play the other two? Okay. Yeah, so... I was, uh, I graduated St. John's University. I kind of, I didn't get drafted. I had a couple, um, I had a couple contracts. I, had, I got offered to play minor league. And I, I, I regret turning it down. But at the time, I turned it down because I wanted to just kind of get my, you know, my work career started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working for a couple years. I wasn't doing much. And my uncle, my uncle is a CYO assigner for the Sound Shore. So he assigns uh, pretty much all of like middle to lower west, lower Westchester for CYO basketball. I've seen him at a couple family parties and he kept on telling me, Ray, come on, I want you to ref. You get, you know, you'd be good at it. You know, you play basketball, you know, your whole life, you know, the game, you know, you know, sports, you know how to talk to kids, you're in education. And I always blew him off, you know, and I, I just didn't, I wasn't interested. So finally, I was like, you know what? I said, Uncle Billy, I'll give it a shot. So I started repping CYO, you know, first year. Uh, I liked it. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy working with kids. That's just me, you know? And then, like, the second and third year, I started getting good. So my uncle grabbed me and said, you know what? You're going to work with me every single weekend. He said, because you're pretty good at this for a beginner. And little did I know that every time I made a mistake, he would be yelling at me, talking to me. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, listen, you're not going to like work with me in the beginning. He said, but later on in your career, I got a feeling you're going to thank me. So every weekend I got stuck working with him. I got yelled at all the time. You know, he would tell me, remember this call, remember that call, this, that, and the other thing. Little did I know that he was literally laying down the foundation for me. Still to this day, the basketball officiating principles, the foundation that I still rely on when I take that, take that court. So, I mean, just for that, forget it, man. I, I could – drinks are always on me when we go to the bar after the games. Let's just say that, you know. Um, but, yeah, he's the one that got me going. Um, thank God he did because, man, I, I really love it. You know, I just – I love being an official. I love everything about it. I love – you know, I love my colleagues. I, I love working with my guys on the court, you know, and it's just it's a great thing, man. It really is. I love watching a good game. I'm so fortunate, so blessed to be in the New York City Catholic High School League where where I really, really learned how to referee basketball. Yeah, listen, I, I feel the same way. I have a very um, similar story. I think all officials do. It seems like it's always like unbeknownst to them that it's like right in front of their face and you never think yeah. about it. Like, right. You never I agree. You never think of it as like and it's probably normalized for your son and my son because it's just like, well, he sees daddy refing. He probably he, he probably thinks playing is a lot different than, than refing because my, <laughs> my son is so used to me seeing that. But then you think of it, it's like it's always the last option. You're always reluctant. And then you get to the point And, you know, just as you said, I remember when I first started doing basketball, same thing, just doing CYO. And I didn't really have any good partners. And like, oh, you're pretty good for a beginner. You don't think about the next step of just like taking it serious. But what was that that switch for you? When was that moment where you started going like, you know what? I want to turn up. I want to be a collegiate official. I want to do the best games I could possibly do. I want to challenge myself to 
get better each and every day. When did that that switch happen for you? I honestly think that it was when I uh, when I tried out for the Catholic high school league, and you know I I, I made it, and I was refereeing, you know, freshman and JV games, and as you know, like we would have those triple headers on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So usually the freshmen play first, the JV play next, and then the varsity. So I would always stick around, especially being a new, you know, a newbie. I'd always stick around and I would watch the varsity game. And I'll just never forget some of those games. You know, when I was doing the freshman JV, watching those varsity games, you know, watching the officials on the court. And I said to myself, I said, you know what? I, I want to be that guy on Friday night doing the Christ the King Lachlan game in a packed gym, you know, when the local TV station is, is watching. And, you know, I, I, I said that to myself, and I really meant it. So I took it, I took it serious, started going to the camps, you know, I started listening to, you know, you start listening to the veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be humble, man. You, you know, you got to be humble, but at the same time, you got to be hungry. You know, you got to really want it. A lot of competition out there, a lot of officials out there, you know, so it, it's hard work. Not a lot of people realize how much is really involved. Oh, Watching yeah. video, you know, going to the camps. I mean, I, you know, I, when I first started, I told my wife I'm going to a camp in Massachusetts. She looked at me, she looked at me like I had 10 heads. <laughs> so, you know, she said, you're going to a day camp in Massachusetts just for the day? I said, yeah. You know, um. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of dedication. You really got to devote yourself. You're watching a lot of video. You know, you're watching a lot of film. You know, you're constantly, uh, you know, going to little camps, you know, going to this, going to that. So, you know, it's a lot of work. But you know what, man? I love it. I got to be honest with you. I really do. It's something I could see myself doing for a very long time. Yeah. Listen, I think that, and just as you said, being an official representing the Catholic League in New York City is the ultimate honor for me. I think about just just being in the presence of all of these great officials, and it doesn't matter what at that particular game is, it, whether it's the freshman game or the the varsity B team or the the JV team or the 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 varsity team. Everyone knows what time it is. Everyone is trying to get better. Everyone is, you know what I mean. Everyone has that same type of camaraderie because you understand. I, I'm tell you, like I remember my first Catholic League Long Island game. I was so nervous. Right. I, everything was just confusing. So I, I tell yeah. you, I, and I'll, I'll share this with you. I've, I've never told this story on air, but John Letcher, man, he, he gave me a shot, man. He uh, he put me on this game at Poly Prep. It was a girls game and the, the team that they were playing was undefeated. And Poly Prep was they had the best best girl on on the uh, in like went in the city. Uh, she was going to score her like. 3000 point at the game and and they were 14 and one. The other team was undefeated. And I remember that was like the first game that John Letcher gave me and John Letcher was there. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is not, this is probably like the worst time to do this because I mean, I don't know what to expect, but I nailed that game and, and it, it really helped me tremendously with, with just the growth and the uh, you know, just the confidence that I had that, you know, maybe I can do this because sometimes when you're doing bigger games and you're aiming for a higher level for yourself, you don't know how you're going to respond until you're in the smoke, and that's what I think the Catholic League does so well. It's like, oh, you know, you know how to swim. Okay, well, let's bring you to the uh, the big waves in Hawaii in, in the North Shore. Let's see if you could you could stay on, and and that's what 
what, what it did for me. And I always say that's my big break. Do you remember what your first big break is? is was there a specific game that, that did that to you that kind of put you on the map? I do, I do. I was fortunate enough to do a, I did, well, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back. I, I did I did two or three of them. But the first time I did the AA City Championship, I got the call from Letcher, and he said, uh, what are you doing Friday night? And I was like, nothing. He said, do you want to do the AA City Championship? He said, <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. I got to be honest with you. It, I was really nervous. Yeah. And, uh, I was very nervous, you know, because I, I just was. It, if you talk to anyone, anyone that knows about the Catholic High School, you know, league, if you're doing that AA City and Championship, you're going to a packed house, yep. and it's going to be crazy, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a hell of a good game, and you probably got seven out of ten of the starters on the court are going to the big-time Division One schools. So I'll never forget that game. I'll never forget, you know, I had two great partners I was working with, Philly Silicio Jr., and I was working with Mike Palau. And you know what? One of the greatest things about the Catholic High School League is that you're always, for the most part, 99% of the time, you haven't, you have great partners and I learned so much from my partners, you know, doing Catholic high school basketball games. It's not even funny. I mean, I learned, I could probably tell you that I learned something every single game I worked. You had so many guys, so many good officials working games. I mean, it says something when you're doing a double A varsity game, and you have two Division One yep. collegiate officials mm-hmm. working and a guy doing Division Two working on a game. You know, I, I don't know if you're going to find that anywhere else in the United States. Maybe a couple, two or three different leagues in the country. But that's not, you know, that's a rare thing, man. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It goes to show you the talent and, and how hard it is and how good of an official you have to be the referee in the Catholic high school, especially the New York city Catholic high school league, you know? Yeah. And just to talk about the depth in which the roster has, like I, I still have, oh yet, my God. I still have yet to work with you. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's how, you yeah. know, that's how it's deep, crazy. that's how deep this roster goes. And you know, oh, just, yeah, it goes deep, man. It goes deep. Yeah. And I, you know, I've seen you work. I spoke to you. I told you, you know, you're a great official, man. I appreciate you know, that. Every, everyone gets their turn, man. Everyone gets their turn. Everyone's number is going to get called. Just like you said. And that's, the, and that's the great part about it. You know, you got to be ready for it. You, yeah. you got to be ready for it. You got to do your thing. Be confident in yourself. You know, you're there for a reason. That's one of the great things about, you know, the, the guys in charge. Don Letcher, Phil Silicio. You know, now you got, you got uh, Jimmy Quinn working. You know, I don't know who else is doing the girls. But, you know, it, listen, they come to the game. They observe you. You know, and if they think you got it, they throw you in the smoke, just like you had mentioned before. Yes, sir. You know, they throw you in that smoke. They want to see you. They want to see you perform. You know, and one of the great things I love and one of the great things I feel like some of these young officials need to understand is that they're telling you things to make you better. They're not telling you things to knock you down, to make you feel bad. So, you know, go in there looking for some constructive criticism. Go in there looking for some ways you can get better. Because when I go to camps, or, or if I got an observer at one of my big college games, I want them telling me, you know, what did I do wrong? Oh, okay. And then I, I put that in the vault. You remember that forever. And the next time you don't, you don't do it wrong. 
you know? And, and that's how you get better, you know? Ask the veterans on the game some questions. You know, pick their head a little bit. Don't come in the locker room with an arrogant attitude like, you know, you've been around the world. You know, that That's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you know that, and, and I know that. And unfortunately, sometimes I see some of these younger officials that are getting started, and they just are acting very arrogant, like they know everything. And I could tell you right then and there, they're not going to get far. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, and I know, you know, you can't be like that in, in this officiating thing. You, you really can't. No, it just, it doesn't serve anyone well by doing any of those things. It, and it, you know, it's, I, I can't even, I want to go back to what you were saying with, um, with John Letcher when he gave you the call, like, what are you doing on Friday? Do you want the <laughs> finals? He, he did the same thing to me. He's like, um, well, what are you doing March, March 26? I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm probably doing a baseball game. And he's like, do you want to go to federations? And I'm like, for what? To, to watch? And he's like, no, to ref. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember I'm going down Arbiter. I'm like, is there any other Ralphs that he might have like confused yeah, me awesome, with? That's awesome, man. Great for you. That's a great. That's a great experience. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget working the Federation either. It's just such a great experience. That's another great yeah. highlight of my career, man. We have so many great memories. You know what I mean? It's just such great experiences doing those sort of games. And Letcher was such a good guy, man. He was a character, you know. Yeah. Um. There, there's another guy that really, you know, he. He was great to me. I, you know, he was awesome. He he trusted me, and you know, but he knew in return, though, you know, that I was going to give him one hundred and ten percent. So you know, it, it was great, man. He, you know, he's a great guy. You know, I I, I hope he's enjoying uh, his retirement. I do call him once a year to check in, you know. So uh, if by any chance our buddy Letch happens to be listening, <laughs> I hope all is well, Letch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Aside from him and, and also you mentioned Uncle Billy and all the other um, peers that you have in the Catholic League, if you can, I want to give you the opportunity to just shout out any other mentors that you have, what they've done for your career and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people after you? I mean, listen, like I have mentioned in the Catholic high schools, I could go on and on, but I mean, you know, you got so many great guys that I work with that helped me along the way. I mean, you know, you got guys like Davy Graham, Billy Sacco, and and these are veterans, man. These are these are veterans. I mean, you know, Eddie Corbett. Even though I only kind of you know got a chance to really talk to Eddie later on in his career, you know, then you get a little bit younger. Like I had mentioned before, Billy Slicio Jr., Mike Palau. You know, these guys, these guys. If I got any questions, you know, I call them. You know, and, and I don't feel embarrassed or awkward calling them because I know that they're going to call me back. And, you know, we're going to talk about a play or we're going to talk about a rule. And I met all these guys in the Catholic High School League. And it just it speaks so much about the Catholic High School League, the quality of official that you're going to get. I mean, it really is, you know, it's like a brotherhood, man. I mean, you know, it, it really is, I have to say. There's just so many, so many great guys I work with. I pick their head, you know, about plays. Uh, I'll give them a call. Any time of the night, they call me back. I mean, you know, I could go on and on, but, you know, just like I mentioned, my Uncle Billy with CYO, I mean, John Letcher, Phil Slicio Sr., I mean, you know, it's just so many, so many people that, you know, helped me along my way, and that's why, you know, I want to help the younger younger guys coming up, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do in return. So when, when it comes to 
you playing baseball and almost getting to the point where you were going to get a minor league contract and you were playing football, why never? Why come you never gravitated towards officiating those sports? I can't tell you how many people, especially locally, because like I said, you know, um, I played played baseball at a pretty high level. I can't tell you how many people ask me to umpire baseball. You look like an umpire, by the way, too, Ray. You know that? I. You know what? You're not the first person to say that. And, uh, you know, I have a couple friends of mine that referee baseball. I go to watch my buddy, the famous Richie Katz, once in a while, you know, umpire. And um, I, I don't know. Honestly, I just love refereeing basketball. I love everything about the game. Mm. You know, I just love it. I love the, the talent, the competition. And, you know, I got a young family. So I got to be honest with you. I don't really think wife would be too happy if I took on another officiating uh, <laughs> gig, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I understand that. Shout out to Richie Cash, this, the smartest person with the dumbest phone. That guy always comes up with the flip phone. Like, I don't know how to use an iPhone. Like, Richie, you, you could figure that out. You're the smartest person I know. And, um, you know, I, I completely enjoy reffing with him. And I always try to pick his brain with baseball. But, you know, you should think about it. if If there was one sport that you could officiate outside of basketball, if you just were lightly perusing and thinking about it, what do you think it would be and why? I mean, I guess I would have to do baseball because, you know, I played it for so long. I played at such a high level, um, you know. But I, I would like to do, like, you know, I, I think I would be I would be interested in doing college baseball. I, I like that level. You know, I think there's some local leaders. There's, there's some good uh, colleges around. I could see myself possibly, uh, you know, venturing into it. Mm. So just talking about a venture that you just recently started because of the pandemic, and I'm sure that your son was nagging you and nagging you because my son's trying to be a YouTube star. He always watches like that Ryan's toy review. And oh, that's, that's, my son watches the same of course, thing. Of course. And it's like, it's like, that's all he makes. I don't understand. Like he just, this, it, it's like whimsical and his dad sometimes just unwraps the box. And I'm like, why did, why do they have like 68 million people oh watching this, God. this video? And it, it, it kind of gets you to start thinking, how did you develop and create nature boys, New York? Nature Boys New York kind of started. My son is like like anyone that has a young family knows, like you had just mentioned. You know, kids nowadays they're not really watching too much TV. They're watching their iPads or they're watching YouTube and they're watching sort of these YouTube channels. So my son turned to me and said, "I, you know, he wants to be wants to do a YouTube channel." I said, "Okay." I said, "What do you want to do it about?" And he said, "Let's do it about fishing and animals." And we had always grown up, you know, animals and fishing. You know, we always had pets. And I, my father called me nature boy growing up. We were always out fishing. We were always out fishing, uh, looking for snakes, that sort of thing. So I said, hey, let's call it Nature Boys New York. He liked it. And honestly, it, it starts, you know, we do the whole social media thing. We do the Facebook, the Instagram, we do the YouTube uh, videos. I had so many videos of when, you know, us going fishing, we got a nice fishing boat we go fishing on. And I got to tell you, man, it, it was it's great. It, it really is. I really enjoy the time I spend with my son. Hopefully it's something I could pass on to him in a couple of years when he's a little bit older. It's a great thing. We got the Instagram account going, Nature Boys New York. Got a little pop-up web shop going on. 
the link is in our profile for for Instagram and uh, for Facebook. So it's great, man. I really enjoy it. I, I, I have to tell you, I enjoy doing it. But like you had mentioned before, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I don't know if I if I could have taken this on if we weren't in a pandemic. Mm. Um, the pop up web shop is just a whole nother thing. Inventory, merchandise, and and shipping, and it becomes a whole nother venture. But you know what, man? It, it's a great thing we got going on. I love spending time with my son. You know, we go we go fishing all the time. We take our boat out. We go looking for snakes. We just recently went to the Bronx Zoo. We were filming the whole time. It was awesome. Um, we have a great time with it. Uh, he has a lot of animals. He has a Nile monitor lizard. He's got a gecko lizard. He's got a snake in his room. We got a bunch of fish tanks in my garage. So let's just say, you know, our nature boys thing, it's pretty much a lifestyle. That's just an awesome thing, man, you know? Yeah, that sounds cool. And if I could implore any type of advice for you, the reason why I've been able to to just keep this thing going is that I rarely look back at the things that I made and all I worry about is what I have to do today. Right? So it's just like it's just like ref and basketball. You can't be worried about it like five games later. Just worried about just being on the court right now. That's all I think about. So I hope that <laughs> I hope that helps you in your uh, your brand making journey. Oh, it does. And it does because it's a lot of work. I mean, you know, we were fortunate enough a year into this, 12 months into this Nature Boys New York thing and kind of, kind of blew up. I wasn't really expecting, um, you know, I wasn't expecting a lot of it to be honest with you. So it's it's definitely challenging to say the least. So any advice can help, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll definitely talk air off about it. But after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a family man, as an educator, and of course, as a basketball official? You know what? I had this talk with my students, Ralph. Honestly, hard work. Um, You know, I'm so fortunate. I was raised by my parents, uh, two hardworking parents that always had multiple jobs. And, um, you know, they always, always stressed hard work hard work. Nothing comes easy. You know, you only get out of something what you put into it. And um, from day one, that was my motto. And that'll always be my motto, hard work. And, you know, you got to put time into things and nothing is handed to you. Um, It takes time. It takes effort. And, you know, like I said, I try to have this talk with my students all the time because I feel like this younger generation has this thing that feel like hard work unfortunately is almost diminishing and, and, and I hope I'm wrong so that's why I kind of stress it so much with some of my students you know even just some of the younger officials too I, I, I try to speak to them about working hard um, going to camps you know constantly doing games seeing plays watching video just constantly working hard man I mean hard work is definitely my motto it's definitely you know what I attribute basically where I am today mm. So you you just said that that hard work is such a uh, um, a defining attribute for you. I think about somebody that just rests in peace, has moved on to heaven. Somebody that I, I thought was a consummate hard worker. Somebody that didn't even have a car, and somebody didn't even believe in that te- technology. Uh, Tom Kanchowski, who passed away yesterday, uh, God yeah, rest man, his soul. I yeah, yep. I, I I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to just talk about any Tom Kanchowski stories that you've had while you've been on the field. So I always remember seeing him. First of all, he was always at a ton of my games. Mm-hmm. The guy was everywhere, right? We all know that. He's a great guy. He was a gentleman. 
He's one of the old school guys that'll shake your hand and look you right in the eyes. You know, that was his style. You know, he, listen, he was an OG. If you ask anyone, they'll say he could probably be the best high school basketball scout ever. And that's a legitimate statement. Yeah. But we used to referee the CYP tournament. It was a, it's a famous, famous tournament that's been going on for a long time. It's up in Porchester, New York, in a tiny, tiny gym with the best AAU teams pretty much up and down the East Coast. And, I mean, the scores would be like 150 to like 130. It, it, would be, it was crazy. You had the best players in a tiny gym jumping through the roof in a packed house. And I used to always see him there and always look forward to seeing him because I would see him and I would shake his hand, say hello, ask him how he's feeling, and then he would, like, instantly give me the rundown of who's playing, yep. who's going where, mm-hmm. and, you know, who's, like, you know, like the sleeper and who to watch out for the night that was playing. And the guy was just such a gentleman. And, you know, I can't say enough nice things about the man. You know, God rest his soul and my condolences to his family. Yeah, I was going to say he was a beautiful mind. And, and I think everyone on behalf of all the everybody that serves the Catholic League, I think it was such an honor and a pleasure for anyone that was in his presence of of him spectating a game. If he ever got a chance to speak to you one on one and, you know, he would always give you that additional time. Time always seemed to be not of any concern to him, aside from it being punctual for a game. And I could just tell you just from my experience alone. I interviewed him, I want to say, almost 250 episodes ago. Uh, I remember when I went to go call him up, his phone just kept ringing because he didn't have a voicemail. And then finally, when I got a chance to talk to him, he's like, Ralph, I just want to let you know I go to church and and this is the rest of my schedule and I'll be available to pick up this phone from 3 to 3.15. And I was trying to tell him, like, can I just get your cell phone number? He's like, I don't I don't have a cell phone. And I was I was just I heard that. Oh, he told me he told me in person. And I remember when we went to go do the podcast, he was like, meet me at the corner. And was in it was in Forest Hills. He's like, meet me in front of the movie theater. I will wait for you for eight minutes. If I don't see you any time, if if you're not there within eight minutes, then I'm just going to go about my day. And he was like so dead serious. But when I did go up with him, man, it was it was more than I bargained for, because every question that I asked, it really brought him back to something. And he was talking about how. In 1958, he was starstruck by watching Connie Hawkins at a New York City playground, and he described himself as a junkie. And you, it was very evident just until his dying days. I'm certain that he was at many of your games just being that same junkie that he was in 1958, only in 2020 and all the years that, that he's been. So we'll, we'll miss him. But back to you, what do you think if, you know, having said what you've said, uh, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go? as a basketball official? I think it's going to take a lot more hard work. I think, uh, you know, I think I got to, I got to go to a bunch of camps. You know how to, you know, you know how it goes. Camp circuit is huge now, you know, and uh, you just got to stay on your A game, man. You know, something you learn, you never know who's watching every single game. It could be the two worst teams in the league. Someone could be there watching, you know, and this day and age, everything's on video, everything's on film. So, you know, you, you really got to bring your A game, you know, every single night, night in and night out. So I really try to do that. I got to be honest with you. I really try to bring my A game every single night. You know, I feel like you also got to get a little bit of luck, too. You know, you got to have a little bit of luck on your side. But listen, I'm just going to stay humble. I'm going to, you know, get my plays right. You know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That's something I learned. 
uh, coming up in this uh, officiating circuit is, you know, keep your mouth shut. Don't get into any trouble. Don't cause any trouble. That's what my buddy, uh, Coach Fred Gallo, rest in peace, God mm. bless his soul. You know, the famous coach from Iron Prep. He was a big-time Division One basketball official as well. Mm. One of the first things he taught me, Raymond, keep your mouth shut. Don't tell anyone where you're working and don't get into any trouble. And still to this day, I really try to take that. You know, I work hard on the court day in and day out, try to keep my mouth closed, you know, and I just really try to work hard. So hopefully go to some camps. You know, um, I had a couple uh, invitations to Division One camps. Unfortunately, the whole COVID thing hit, so I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, going this summer. And we'll see what happens, man. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And listen, if if you're trying to get to that highest level, of course, we have to make things, uh, the degree of difficulty a little bit harder. Just talk about if you have, if you can, what is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a basketball official thus far? Oh, man. You want to know something, Ralph? I did a couple men's leagues, man, when I was first, uh, when I was first officiating. And I got to tell you, you, you kind of got to really be crafty. Yeah. You, you, you got to kind of, you know, you, you got to be on your A game. You got to have the right answers. You got to be able to sort of pick out who the troublemakers are and, and that sort of thing. And, and that's just another, that's just another great thing. If you could learn how to officiate in some of these men's leagues, the outdoor leagues with the crazy fans, you know, if, if you could learn how to referee in those games, you know, and, and get out of those games without any trouble, it just makes you that much better. You're just sort of, you know, just equipping your game, you know. You're just getting that much better. So definitely, I refereed, I'm not going to mention <laughs> any names of the leagues, um, but I definitely did a couple men's leagues, man, games where I got to tell you, you know, I think one or two games got canceled, started getting a little out of control. So, you know, you go get your referee bag real quick and kind of try to hurry up out of the gym as soon as possible. I think we've all been there before. Um, but, you know, those leagues, believe it or not, you know, they make you a better official. You know, if, if you learn how, how to referee those games, you know, you become a better official and you, you're more equipped to deal with things, you know. Yeah, listen, I agree. I, I started my first two, three years. I was doing adult league softball, adult league basketball, and adult league flag football. So when oh, I first when I first started doing like high school games, I was like, when are they going to start yelling? I like it was like a shock to me how like exactly. nobody was drinking beer and telling me something about my <laughs> my strike zone or or whatever. So exactly, yeah, I, I guess exactly. that's that's it, probably it, and it's, it does, man. It yeah. does. It makes you a better official, you know. Yeah, there's so many so many younger officials that won't do a men's league or think they're too good to do, you know, like a sixth grade girls game. And every game you're going to see plays, you know, and every game that you see more plays, in my opinion, you're becoming a better official. So just like anything else, the more games you officiate, the better you're going to become. And as you get to the higher level, of course, you want to try to officiate better games. But look, I'm never going to be too big for the game. I can mm. tell you that. Yeah. So if I'm not, you know, if I'm not doing something on a Thursday afternoon, if I happen to have one of those rare off days on my collegiate schedule, my high school schedule, you know, and, and I get like a seventh and eighth grade CYO game or something like that, 
you better bet I'm gonna I'm gonna work the game, man. Mm. I mean, you know, that's part of refereeing. That's part of the love for the game, and that's part of getting better, in my opinion. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You you could definitely tell that your passion is emanating. You're you're definitely raring to go to get back on the court. If you could pinpoint, oh, if you could pinpoint one moment in your whole basketball officiating career that you would perceive your as your best moment, what do you think that would be? I got to say, man, I, I, I got two. I got two that are sort of even. I, I really, really enjoyed doing the – I think I did it three times, the AA City Championship. I just, I just love it. I, I love throwing that ball up, man, in that AA City Championship. And uh, I did the AA Federation. I had a, I had a great game between, between Lincoln and Long Island Lutheran. Mm. And, you know, I threw that ball up, man, up there, and it, it was just something else. It was a great feeling. I had a great crew with me, and, and it was just a, an awesome, awesome moment for me in my career. I was extremely honored and privileged to be able to do that, you know, to do the Federation, to be able to do the AA Championship. It's something I will never, ever forget. And, you know, I'll be forever grateful, man, for having the opportunity to do those games because, you know, just talking about it now, I, you know, I, I get goosebumps. Mm. It's just such a, it's such a great experience. And you just learn so much from doing some of those big games. Yeah, yeah. And I would hope that all the younger officials and the officials that are aspiring to get as far as they can to, to continue to strive to get to that type of level. I did want to ask you, uh, before we get out of here, you've, you've played sports at such a high level and you've also refereed basketball at such a high level has officiating gotten to the point where it's eclipsed anything that you've ever accomplished in playing any sport that's a great question you know what i i think i got my fingers crossed and I, i'm hoping it, i'm hoping it does i think i'm i think i'm there i'm, I'm very close I'm very close for me the ultimate goal i would love to become a division one official like I had mentioned, I had a couple of tryouts last summer that got canceled. I'm looking forward to going to a couple of camps this summer. For me, that was that was that was the goal. To be honest with you, you know, the goal is to be a Division One official, and it would be like I got to be honest with you. When I, you know, if I ever get that call, you know, if I ever do get the call that I did, you know, I, I do become a Division One official, I got to be honest with you, it, it'll go down in the books for me. Uh, you know, it, it'll be a, a very memorable memorable day to say the least that's real that's real now yeah you know and, that, and that's just me that's just me keeping it brutally honest man that's how much you know i just enjoy the game i love it i put a lot of hard work man yeah not a lot of people realize like i had mentioned not a lot of people realize how much time and dedication and you know the games you know uh, the, the amount of games it's just you know yeah it's a lot you know it's a lot i really you know you really got it and i know you know you you're the same way. You really got to love the game. Oh, yeah. You, know, you really got to love it. This is not something that, you know, you only do 50%, in my opinion. And because if you only do 50%, you definitely stand out. Mm. So, you know, me and you know that, you know, you, you know the guy that's just doing it and he's like doing it 50% and uh, it, you stand out, you know. So, you know, it's great that, you know, most of us that are doing it, you know, we do it for the love of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's evident. And and talking about the love of the game, you've played so many sports. It's brought you far and wide. It's been, it's given you the ability to travel a lot of different places. What does sports mean to you? What is it given to you in your life? Ralph's 
sports is everything. Uh, I went to a Catholic high school. I went to Iona Prep, and uh, I was fortunate enough to go there. And it was sort of a it was a rude awakening. I went from a public school to there, and they were very strict. You know, if you didn't get these are better. You weren't allowed to play sports. And I, and I was always a huge sports guy growing up. And, and I struggled academically, you know. I didn't have the easiest time in the classroom, to be honest with you. So, you know, sports, in reality, it almost made me, uh, it made me a better student academically. You know, I, I studied harder because I wanted to be on that baseball field. Mm. You know, I put more time into my homework and classwork because I wanted to be you know, playing that middle linebacker position for Iron Prep varsity football, you know? And so sports did that for me. Sports saved me. Uh, I honestly can tell you if it wasn't for sports, I don't know where I would be today. Sports was the motivation and inspiration that I needed as a young man to get me to where I am today. I'm so happy that as an educator, I could talk to my students about how how important it is to be, you know, a uh, student, a great student athlete, because, you know, one goes with the other. It's like peanut butter and jelly, right? Mm, yeah. You know, so I'm just so grateful I'm able to speak to them and sort of, you know, help them understand that they both go together. So, you know, you're not going to excel in sports if you're not excelling in the classroom. You know, it doesn't go like that. Mm. So I'm just trying to pass on the message that I got that I was so fortunate to get. Because if it wasn't for sports, Ralph, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you'd be talking to me, my man. Yeah, well, I feel the same way. If I, if it wasn't for sports, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be on episode three hundred and whatever I'm on. Uh, but listen, man, congratulations, this- congratulations on that too, by the way, because that's just something I want to point out. There's a lot of people now coming up with podcasts, but you know, let's not forget you've been doing it for a while. Yes, so, you know, I, I give you a lot of credit, a lot of respect for that, because. No, you were one of the uh, one of the originators. I appreciate that, man. I I truly thank you uh, for being on this episode, man. Like it, it really means a lot to me. I was just even thinking about this today. Like, man, I got this to the point where it's like I started this like in my basement, <laughs> like with the with the condenser microphone. I didn't know what I was doing. Crazy, I was right? editing Crazy. time, and like now it's just like it's like clockwork, man. And it's like it's so it's so amazing to just build something from the ground up to the point where it's like. I meet you. I have a conversation with you in passing in a locker room. And like, now I got to hear your story in full in its totality. And you know, it's something that's going to be special for me that when you play it back, you'll remember where you are at this time, at this juncture in your life. And you know, who knows, put some more meat on the bones. You'll probably be a division one official coming back for part two, man. So I thank you. Any final words you want to say? (laughs) No, man, I just want to, I just want to say thank you. Um, Like I said before, it was an honor to be on here and I sincerely mean that. Um, keep on, you know, keep on doing your thing because when I'm scrolling down and I see you on social media, always putting up a new podcast or, you know, <laughs> putting up a new post, you just motivate and inspire me. So please keep on doing your thing. Hopefully the next time we talk on this podcast, I'll let you know how my division one career is going. All right, buddy. Yeah. And, we'll, and hopefully we'll do it uh, in person, not socially distant with, with the beer Absolutely. or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I owe you one, brother. I owe you one. All right. Just bring Uncle Billy along, too. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Will do. Will do. For Ray Downs, this is Ralph the Ref. This is the rant. We are signing out. Peace.